What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. So, World War Three. what do you think of it? <laughs> hopefully not. It's it, Yeah, hopefully it's not World War Three, but I'm sure everybody's heard at this point, Russia is straight up bombing Ukraine. And I was kind of looking into that this morning, and I found a post. Now, I'll tell you guys the username, but they've already been suspended and their shit has been erased. Luckily, your girl here, Athena, took screenshots of it all. So get ready to go down the rabbit hole with information from a user on Twitter named at War Clandestine. He's the one that actually dug all of this up, put the information out there, and then not too long after was suspended. So he was kind of just looking about how Zelensky said the Russians are firing at quote unquote military installations, which literally could mean a billion different things. So he started digging. And in Ukraine, he found the following laboratories in Odessa, Venetia, Uskorod, Lviv, Kiev, Kherson, Timpopil, near Crimea and Lusank, and two other possible locations in Kharkiv and Myokaliv. And I'm probably fucking up those names, but you can literally search this information yourself because these labs are literally funded by the U.S. Department of Defense. They actually call them biological threat reduction programs, and they admit they're studying the most dangerous viruses in the world. Okay, you can find this information at ua.usembassy.gov. This is not a crazy conspiracy theory. All of this information is out there. So there are all of these labs located in those cities I just told you. Now, if you look at where Russia decided to bomb yesterday, it's all in cities where these quote-unquote biological threat reduction programs are located. Now, Russia has said they've taken out military airports, which maybe they have. Maybe it's just a big dink that they bombed the exact same places that we have these biological threat reduction programs going on in. So, I mean, it's just a fucking pretty word for a bioweapons lab. That's all that shit is. They're trying to dress it up and appease people so they're not afraid. And so according to the current think in the mainstream, now at this point, they do say COVID was leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology after the NIH funded gain of function research. So Russia and China asked the UN for the US allies to be checked and limited in what bio capabilities they had. This was four months ago and they have not been checked. They have not been put in place. These psychopaths are still playing with these deadly pathogens on the border of Russia. I mean, I'm not saying Putin's right for bombing all this shit, but would you want dangerous ass biological weapons on your border? Hmm. And like I said earlier, the Russians are saying that they only targeted airports and military capabilities. But come on, you guys, they've already basically accused the U.S. of setting COVID off to destroy the world. Four months ago, they asked somebody to make sure we had everything in check. And now he's just conveniently bombing every single spot we have these bioweapons defense labs. So I don't know. I don't think anybody knows for sure what's going on, but I do know that 
people posting information, videos that are coming straight out of Ukraine, they're all being banned. It's not just war clandestine. So beginning on the night of February 22nd, researchers sharing primary material taken from social media, commonly known as open source intelligence or OSINT, O-S-I-N-T. All their Twitter accounts have been suspended. And like I said, this happened February 22nd. Kyle Glenn was locked out of his account for 12 hours. And according to tweets from Glenn and a post shared by another OSINT organization, security analyst Oliver Alexander also claimed to have been locked out of his account twice in 24 hours. There's actually a list with more accounts that have been suspended. And Twitter finally did come back and kind of this like give this half-ass explanation of what happened. Twitter spokesperson Elizabeth Busby said the action had been taken against these accounts in error and was not a part of a coordinated campaign. She said, we've been proactively monitoring for emerging narratives that are volative of our policies. And in this instance, we took enforcement action on a number of accounts in error. Busby said, we're expeditiously reviewing these actions and have already proactively reinstated access to a number of affected accounts. The claims that the errors were a coordinated bot campaign or the result of mass reporting is inaccurate. When Busby was asked which content policies the suspended accounts were believed to have violated, she responded to, quote unquote, Twitter's synthetic and manipulated media policy, which deals with the sharing of misinformation on the platform. So under the terms of their fucked up little policy, accounts may not share information that has been significantly and deceptively altered, manipulated or fabricated or is shared in a deceptive matter or with false context or is likely to result in widespread confusion on public issues, impact public safety or cause serious harm. So as of right now, it's totally unclear exactly how these suspended accounts were thought to have been breaching any of those policies. So according to Eric Toller, who is the director of research and training at Bellingcat, he's saying the likelihood of these accounts being suspended were due to human intervention rather than some algorithmic content moderation. So human intervention and Twitter's just saying it was a big old mistake. Well, it's still happening now, what, two days later? This was the 22nd when this all started with the suspensions. And now when people start connecting dots, their accounts are also getting suspended. Big tech has got such a stranglehold on information and ideas getting out. It really should worry everyone. If you're not in line with their narrative, they're going to do what they have to do to silence you. Now, I just want to reiterate, like what I said at the beginning, the whole theory that, you know, these bombings are going off in cities that also happen to have these U.S. funded biological research labs. It's not proven that, you know, the bombs were there specifically to disrupt these labs. That is still in conspiracy theory land. Now, of course, it's not conspiracy theory that Russia did bomb Ukraine and bombed them in several places. I've seen the videos, but... If you just want to start connecting dots about Russia and China making complaints against the United States for the gain-of-function research in Wuhan lab that made Kabobo leak, no, this is four months ago, they've been saying they don't want these biological laboratories on their borders. 
And now they've just conveniently bombed every single city that has a bioweapons lab. Hmm. Now, if you actually look into how many labs just the U.S. has that deals with biological or bioweapon research all over the planet, you'll find they have 400 of these facilities. And that's just us. Imagine what other countries have. So I don't know. It's like, are they trying to destroy humanity? Do they want all these humans to be dead? Hmm. Great reset, depopulation threat, Bill Gates. I mean, yes, that's all crazy conspiracy theory land. But damn, like they really are trying to wipe out humanity. So if you want to read more about all of those Twitter account suspensions, Go to TheVerge.com, and it's one of their head stories because it's a big deal. It's people being censored. Primary information is being stopped. They're not wanting a certain narrative to spread. And it's like, you always got to wonder, follow the money. Why aren't they wanting this information out there? I haven't even followed the money on that whole fucking rabbit hole yet. So if one of you guys do it and you get an answer, hit me up. Vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com. So speaking of Kabobo-19 and Bill Gates and Moderna and all that, a study showed COVID-19 contains Moderna patented DNA sequence. And experts are claiming it's just a coinkydink. So check this out. The pattern was discovered in SARS-CoV-2, unique furon cleavage site, the area of the virus responsible for rapid infection rates. That's where they found this little DNA information that is matching one Moderna has patented. This was an international team of researchers, and there was a one in three trillion chance that Moderna's sequence was randomly appearing through natural evolution. Dr. Abala Mirali Ambati, a member of the team from University of Oregon, alternatively theorized the pattern might have been introduced by infected human cells expressing the MSH3 gene. So I don't know. Let's just fucking put all this up to dink. And Bill Gates funded Moderna. They dropped $20 million there in 2016. So I hate having to say it, but why do we have to keep connecting the dots and these so-called like professionals, like these scientists and big tech, they're just saying all of these connections are dinks. How many fucking coinkinks can you have before you got to punch somebody in the face? Because I'm, I'm about there. So now we're going to have a bit of a subject change. It's time to get to the Galactic Federation. So check this out. Today on Reddit, there was a Ask Me Anything by Gary McKinnon. He was in the news for over a decade after getting caught hacking into military government systems looking for evidences of UFO slash UAP. He's still on Reddit right now. It's actually happening as we speak. Let me just kind of tell you his version of what happened. He goes on to say, hi, I'm Gary McKinnon. I'll make this brief, but there are some things I feel it's important to point out. So you know where I'm coming from. Apologies for not doing a live video response. I have a couple of commercial projects on the go that prohibit me from doing audio video in relation to my story. And thanks to Reddit for inviting me to do this Ask Me Anything. I was arrested in March 2002 for hacking into various government military networks in America, looking for evidence of UFOs and quote-unquote free energy. It wasn't a clever hack, no fragmented packets to bypass firewalls or any of the glossy crap. 
I had a specific intention. Like any good systems admin, which he was at the time, I wanted a simple process that would catch basic weaknesses. Sometimes network-wide with a simple script and a little creativity. It was a cracking more than a hacking. Like any systems administrator knows, the laziest solution is often the best. In my effort to find solid proof that the government or military knew about these crafts, I followed information found in a book by The Disclosure Project, run by Stephen Greer. In the book, Donna Hare, who was a NASA launch photographic specialist, said that in Building 8 of Johnson Space Center, there was a lab set aside specifically for airbrushing out UFOs from high-resolution satellite imagery. The tool I wrote scanned for local administrator accounts on Windows PCs that had a password of either same as username, password blank. It was written in Perl, P-E-R-L, and scanned a class B in eight minutes. The low latency due to me running the scan on an already compromised machine on the same or another government military network. I found Building 8 by reading the comment sections of the PCs via the command console. These fields are used for auditing and luckily NASA filled them all in, so I knew which PCs were in Building 8. There weren't many machines in Building 8, but one of the first I looked at had folders called raw and processed or raw and cleaned or filtered. The images averaged around 250 megabytes and would have been taken a long time at five minutes per megabyte on a 56K modem. So having a remote control of the PC via a program called Remotely Anywhere, I decided to view it live on desktop, which was risky since they work odd hours at NASA. The image was coming down very slowly via the Java-based Remotely Anywhere program, so I cut the color to 4-bit, which is 16 colors and shades, and the lowest resolution, which was 640 by 480. I think it may have even been 320 to 240. The image slowly filled the screen and I could see blackness superimposed upon, which was a blue-white planet. And superimposed on that was a tubular form that was metallic and white and had domes around its central circumference and at its ends. This thing had no rivets or seams and looked futuristic. Though, of course, with the low resolution and the numbers of shades in the image, detail was lacking. But this was my eureka moment. Donna Hare's lab was still in existence. I was waiting for this image to come down and planning on the fastest way to get all of my other images to me. And right when I was making my plans, I saw a mouse cursor move at the bottom right of the screen. Right click the network icon and choose disconnect. I had been caught and disconnected, missing my chance to grab even one single image. I never did any intentional damage or accidental fake. I'm not a vandal, but I did leave stupid messages about disrupting their sense of security. My family and I then fought my possible extradition to America for 10 years, finally winning my case in 2012. I know this is an old story and not too widely publicized in America at the time, so I apologize that there's nothing new, though hopefully interesting questions will result in interesting answers. So basically, this dude hacked into NASA and knew where he needed to be looking for this information, and he saw... A fucking alien a spaceship and the u.s wanted his ass so like i'm saying right now he's on reddit and doing to ask me anything 
So one of the people on Reddit asked the following question. After all you're investigating, what are your conclusions? Are governments in contact with UFOs? Have they reverse engineered UFO tech? What are ET motives? What are government motives? In your opinion, is Steve Greer's hypothesis right? Dolores Cannon's ideas right? Or someone else? Are there bases on the moon? He responds, bottom line, I don't know. All that I am sure of is they know they are there and they are not human. If you read Dolan's 12 document that proves the government knows about aliens or some such title, it's pretty plain no one knew where this tech was coming from. And he was specifically asked if he'd seen any evidence of the existence of the so-called Galactic Federation claimed by Professor Ham Ishid, and he had a one-word response. Nope. Another person asked which planet he thought he was looking at when he saw the alien spacecraft. And his response was, I've always assumed it was Earth, but I saw no landmasses to confirm. Just the top third or so of the planet. A great question from someone was, what do you think of the current quote unquote open position of the government about UAPs and its approach as a national security threat? Check this out. He responds, I think it's the start of an alien false flag psyop. Holy shit, my kind of motherfucker. (laughs) So another person asked, would something like this be possible today? I wonder why any of these photos haven't leaked out over the years. And he responds with, probably. Every year, the GAO released their report and cybersecurity seems to be getting worse on their networks. Hmm. He also says he's not afraid of the government coming after him anymore because there's bigger fish to fry. I wonder what that means. Another interesting question is, was there a document that contained the protocols in which the images were to be processed? He responds, I was focused on the images on building eight machines rather than documents. I did find the non-terrestrial officer spreadsheet but that may just mean not Earth-based rather than aliens, so perhaps a tentative space force. Another interesting question is, what are your personal beliefs as to what these quote-unquote things could be? And he responds, they appear to be solid since we have them on radar, so I think they are craft that carry the beings that built them. Where they are from and why they are here is a mystery to me. And then some rando asks, would you do Joe Rogan? And he responds, no, I'm straight. I guess he's fairly cute, though. Maybe a hand job if he gave me a million bucks. But in all seriousness, he goes on to say, I would do Joe Rogan, but I can't travel. The arrest warrant is still live, so I can't leave England, Wales. I couldn't even attend my dad's funeral in Scotland because they have separate legal system that he hasn't been tried under. All of these years later, this guy is being affected by the warrant out for his arrest. Ooh, and the plot thickens. Someone just asked, do you believe the Anunnaki will return during 2022? And Gary responds, no. Sitchin mistranslated much of the writings in order to sell more books. He goes on to say, the writings didn't say the Anunnaki came from the sky. They said they came from a high place it's more likely they came from a mountain. Someone just asked, what are your thoughts on Bob's Lazar story? Gary responds, I find them believable on a personal level, and some of assertions have panned out over time. Evidentially, I'm mostly on the fence.
And this last question, which makes me think Gary definitely knows what's up. The question is, do you think the Space Force was created for something more than the race amongst terrestrial powers? Check this out. Gary said, I think the governments, the major ones at least, are all in it together. Governments are a facade. There is no left or right anymore. It's all theater put on to manipulate the masses into more control and less privacy. Hmm. I want <laughs> Yeah, Gary knows what's up. So you guys, there was a bunch of other questions, but I thought those are kind of like the most important answers to get out. But let me just kind of give you a rundown of who Gary is. He was born on February 10th, 1966, and he's a Scottish systems administrator and hacker who was accused in 2002 of perpetrating the quote-unquote biggest military computer hack of all time. Although McKinnon himself states that he was merely looking for evidence of free energy suppression and a cover-up of UFO activity and other technologies potentially useful to the public. On October 16, 2012, after a series of legal proceedings in Britain, then-Home Secretary Theresa May blocked the extradition to the United States. McKinnon was accused of hacking into 97 United States military and NASA computers over a 13-month period, February 2001 and March 2002, at the house of his girlfriend's aunt in London using the name Solo. U.S. authorities stated he deleted critical files from operating systems, which shut down the United States Army's Military District of Washington network of 2,000 computers for 24 hours. McKinnon also posted a notice on the military's website, your security is crap. Oh my fucking God, I love this guy. After the September 11th attack in 2001, he allegedly deleted weapons logs at Earl Naval Weapon Station, rendering its network of 300 computers inoperable and paralyzing munition supply deliveries for the U.S. Navy's Atlantic Fleet. McKinnon was also accused of copying data, account files, and passwords onto his own computer. U.S. authorities stated the cost of tracking and correcting the problems he caused was over $700,000. Now, while not admitting that it constituted evidence of destruction, McKinnon did admit leaving a threat on one computer. U.S. foreign policy is akin to government-sponsored terrorism these days. It was not a mistake that there was a huge security standout on September 11th last year. I am solo. I will continue to disrupt the highest levels. So the U.S. authorities stated that McKinnon was trying to downplay his own actions, a senior military officer at the Pentagon told the Sunday Telegraph, U.S. policy is to fight these attacks as strongly as possible. As a result of Mr. McKinnon's actions, we suffered serious damage. This was not some harmless incident. He did very serious and deliberate damage to the military and NASA computers and left silly and anti-American messages. All the evidence was that someone was staging a very serious attack on U.S. computer systems. So yeah, that's the U.S. government's whole side of the coin with Gary McKinnon. I just wanted to make sure you guys had like a full picture of what he's accused of and like what he says actually happened. But now we're going to move on a bit. So a few months ago, I think it was like early January, I had posted some information about life insurers refusing to cover vaccine deaths. 
Well, maybe like 10 minutes after I posted that, I was fact-checked. And they basically just said, that's not true. They're not denying life insurance claims over vaccine deaths. Well, check this out. There's a case that's been hotly debated in social media. In France, a rich older entrepreneur from Paris is said to have died as a result of the Kabobo injection. Previously, he had taken out a multi-million dollar life insurance policy for the benefit of his children and grandchildren. Although vaccination is recognized as the cause of death by doctors and the insurance company, it has refused to pay out. The reason is because the side effects of the corona jobs are known and published. They argue that the deceased took part in an experiment at his own risk. COVID-19 in itself is not classed as a critical illness. So, you guys, it's true. Insurers are trying to not pay out these claims. I hope when this happens to people, they take those scummy little greedy fucks to court and maybe gets even more than the policy because that's just ridiculous. It's like they're being coerced to take these jobs and when they do take it and some terrible event like death happens, there's no recourse. You can't sue the companies. You can't sue the doctor. You can't even get a life insurance policy that you have paid for. So if you see those fact checks floating around out there, it's more bullshit just trying to cover up all the deaths and injuries and all the bad shit that comes along with those jobs. They just don't want it out there. So check this out, guys. America's people convoy is getting ready to roll. 1,000 trucks begin to protest drive from California to D.C. Started yesterday. Now, I've also heard that members of the military are being called up to report for duty and they're being sent to Washington. The People's Convoy has called on the federal government to end the national emergency enacted at the start of the pandemic, which President Joe Biden extended on last Friday, despite calls from Congress to end it. Organizers and participants argue the ongoing COVID-19 restrictions and mandates are unconstitutional and claim the government has forgotten its place. Dude, 100%. The organizers of the People's Convoy claim they do not intend to disrupt roads or bridges like the Canadian Freedom Convoy protest did. However, some truckers are swearing to disrupt traffic in the nation's capital. The District of Columbia government, including Democrat Mayor Muriel Browser, and the U.S. Capitol Police are requesting the National Guard's assistance. They've already been activated. So I don't know if this is such a great idea. I mean, the idea is great, but I don't want these guys to get all fucking hemmed up and their shit seized. I was thinking, like, why can't they all, you know, protest by staying home, not shipping anything, not driving, not doing what they do? That might bring the attention they need, too. I just think they need to be super careful. I've also read whispers on conspiracy land that the U.S. Air Force has jets overhead just basically kind of spying on their CB radio traffic which I wouldn't put past them 100%. So I don't know. Basically, if you guys, if you go participate in this, you're for sure going to end up on a list. So all you convoy people, be safe. Look out for those government assholes that are going to try to instigate a riot and much respect. So this is kind of interesting. Yesterday, Disclosed TV posted the following information. 
A large German health insurance company analyzed data from 10.9 million insured individuals regarding vaccination complications. According to our calculations, we consider about 400,000 visits to the doctor by our policyholders because of vaccination complications to be realistic to this day. Extrapolated to the total population, this value would be 3 million, says BKK board member Andreas Schofbeck in a report by Welt. He says the numbers that resulted from our analysis are very far away from the publicly announced numbers. It would be unethical to not talk about it. He adds that the new data is an alarming signal. So they're just seeing way more claims, way more injuries and death than our so-called officials are telling us. I mean, that's not going to be a shock to anyone if you're, especially if you're listening to this podcast. But it's like every single day, a little bit more information's leaking out, and another company is coming clean. I read yesterday that Moderna stock is like totally tanking. That the CEO and the vice CEO basically dumped all their stock. Now, another interesting tidbit is that the World Health Organization announced yesterday that they've selected Deutsche Telekom to standardize the issue of QR codes and to create a global vaccine passport. So at this point, I really hope it's absolutely crystal clear to every person that actually pays attention that the psychopaths in Big Pharma and the CDC and the FDA don't care about your health. These vaccines are not safe and effective. They do not stop transmission and the side effects are crazy. So what is the point of this Deutsche Telekom World Health Organization passport? Like I keep screaming about from the damn rooftops, it's for social credit. This is where it's leading. And now they have a German company on board to facilitate the actual app. Fucking ridiculous. So that is about it for my ranting this week. I hope you enjoyed that info from Gary McKinnon because he got a lot of shit. His family went through hell for 10 years, but now he can talk about it. And apparently he's got some, uh, I don't know, commercials, as he called it, in the works. So if I see any of that in the upcoming months, I'll make sure to talk about it and let you guys know where you can see it. I think everyone got their little vanished in the valley bottle openers now except for Lydia and fam so Lydia and fam have been around since the beginning basically of vanished in the valley and they're in Australia so check this shit out guys I went to go mail them the bottle opener and the United States post office said they don't mail to Australia because of kabobo I'm just like I thought your motto was rain sleet or snow But now it's through rain, sleet, or snow, just not Kabobo. So I've got to find a different way to ship it to them. But other than that, I think herself, the elf maker, I think Lisa has gotten hers. I'm not sure. There was a huge delay. So the mail mail system just likes to fuck around and not do a good job because they're government workers. So I don't know. I got a couple more bottle openers. So I got to go through and find some of my other OGs and send those out to them. So I will get on that too. But in the meantime, like I always tell you, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao. 